Hi, this is the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. If you've been touched by cancer and have some fear around remaining healthy, you are in the right place. As a 20-year-plus cancer survivor, Haley knows how unsettling it can be to not only hear the words, you have cancer, but also the uncertainty and fear that comes when you have been declared cancer-free. The Cancer Liberation Project was born out of Haley's desire to make cancer less scary for people, to give people hope that they can not only heal from cancer, but live their best, most vibrant life after cancer. Get ready to be inspired with your host, Haley Dubin. Hi, welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Today, I'm sitting down with Elaine Gibson. Elaine is the healthy lifestyle designer. She is the CEO of Renewed Living and creator of the Extraordinary Living Made Easy Method. Cited as one of the world's top 10 natural cancer survivors by Extreme Health Radio, having beaten stage four cancer with an integrated approach, she shares her hard-won lessons worldwide. Elaine lost 28 pounds and four sizes along the way. She is a sought-after speaker, author, mentor, and a green juice-loving grandmother. I really look forward to sharing my conversation with Elaine. But before I do, just a reminder to head over to my website at revivewellness.com to get your free seven top tips to keep cancer away and feel confident in your body again. That's R-E-V-I-V-E wellness.com. Hi, Elaine. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. I am really looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, hi, Haley. I'm so excited to be here. And I love the work that you're doing. Thanks for including me in some little part of it. Oh, thanks so much. I know you have an amazing healing story to tell. So first, I would love to hear your story. Just a little crazy, right? (laughs) So uh, first, let me say that today, as you and I speak, I am um, well past 76 years old. And in 2008, I had come back from the Galapagos Islands. My husband and I went in December 2007. It's an amazing trip. All of you out there, if it's not on your wish list, put it on your wish list. I never use bucket list. Why would I want to think about the end? I want to just wish about it and do it. So we came back and I was not feeling that well. And this weird stuff was in my body. And I said to my husband, I said, Nevin, I bet I brought a parasite home, right? What else would you think? So as you and I would both be, and I'm sure most of your listeners would be very relentless. I just kept pushing everybody in my path medically until something revealed itself. And lo and behold, two days before um, Valentine's Day in 2008, my oncologist, who 18 months earlier had told me, oh, Elaine, this is done. You're all done. Bye. Have a great life. Now she told me she didn't think I would live to see my grandchildren grow up. And it's like, which version of this am I going to believe? You know? So I thought, seriously? So I left devastated, of course. And this was the day before my husband and I were leaving on a vacation uh, together. We hadn't, we hadn't been away in a, a while together. Galapagos, I had actually earned. So we were with lots of friends. So anyway, I went on a journey to figure out what do the healthiest people do? I knew that for me, Haley, and we've talked, you know, putting chemicals 
and toxins in my body was not my first line of offense or defense because I kind of thought that's what got me where I was anyway. So I went, uh, I did go out of the country in those days and I did do an integrated approach. I had something called low dose chemotherapy, IPT, which takes a very small amount, targets it so your whole body is not. Would I do it today? I don't know, but I did it then. You know, we were scared. Although funny thing was, is that I was probably the only person walking the face of the earth that didn't think I was dying. But, you know, I mean, my children are grown. How does a mother call her children for the second time? This one, kind of scary. So in um, December of 2009, I was deemed cancer-free. But, you know, it had come back before, so I was a little reticent to be so excited. I did some things that I knew, but we don't, you know, as our beloved Maya Angelou, we don't know what we don't know. So I was still scared every day, scared every moment of every day. And that's something that we don't share. We don't talk about that with anybody else except ourselves and what other conversations we have with people because that's too scary for the people around us. So in, 2000, in October 2011, I found Lisa Wilson in the Roth Food Institute, and I went there. My research told me and, and uh, led me to Dr. Otto Warburg, who is the 1931 Nobel Prize for Biochemistry. He's the one, you know, we all know the connection between sugar and how devastating sugar is. And, you know, sugar is what cancer eats. He's the one that taught us about that. He also, in his work, he explained that cancer is an anaerobic cell, which means it cannot live in the presence of oxygen. Once I heard that, I had a path to follow. But until that moment, until that aha moment, I was all over the place, all over the place, like the fox, not the hedgehog who does one thing and foxes all over, right? Running around, catches nothing. So I found Lisa Wilson. And also that summer, the other thing that I had already had in place was I had discovered ionized hydrogenated water, even though it is alkaline water, but it's way beyond that. And because now I didn't know why, because I didn't know about anaerobics and oxygen. But what I did know is that from a Christmas tree in about four or five months, everything had subsided except one spot. So these things were just coming in. I turned to nature and that's really what grounded me. And then finding Lisa Wilson at the Roth Food Institute gave me an education on how to, how to bring nature and how to bring nature's garden and all that into our lifestyles. I then went on to train under her, so I became a Roth Food Educator. I just want to go back to your first diagnosis. So that was just a quick, you didn't want to do regular treatment. No, uh-uh. I was a tournament tennis player at the time, and I was in the chiropractor on a Friday for my back, middle of tournament season, you know, 
God forbid I should train. So I lived at the chiropractor getting me ready. And then Monday I went back and he was like, Elaine, how long have you had these lumps in your neck? I said, I don't know, David. I was like being cute. You're the only one that does that to my neck. So one thing led to another. And that was in November. And then by the middle of February, I had my diagnosis. But it was very early. And I was in uh, green technology. So I was kind of ahead of the curve on kinds of things that were out there, which is why I went a less traditional route. And then I was done. You know, I was done. It was like nothing. I mean, I don't take it. I don't, I'm not flipping about it. Um, Still see tattoos from where I did my radiation. I mean, I did whatever I could then, but now I, I didn't. And I, I had a different journey. So your family, how did they feel about you not doing traditional treatment? Because I know that's tough for people. I have two children, my daughter, Marlo, my son, Seth. Today, Marlo's 53, Seth is 51. Marlo is very successful in in the uh, hospitality industry. So at that time, that's what she she was. And so she's very, you know, mom, okay, get it in, get, listen, everybody came from where they knew, from where they were scared. Seth's going, mom, whatever you want to do, we're behind you. Because your children are all different, right? They're exact opposites, although they're amazing and they're close and they're a lot alike in in what we do, but, you know, that's how they are. You know, Seth, Seth is a sports journalist and a sports historian and writer and broadcaster and you know, so it's, they're different personalities, although they're incredibly like this, sort of like that. Everybody was scared. And let me tell you, Haley, our family dynamic changed because when any kind of crisis hits, things changed. And when everybody thinks that mom's about to die, it's like, whoa, let's back up a minute, you know? So I will say that What came out of that was, first of all, I have a plan, a very, very hedgehog specific plan. Those of you that don't know, a hedgehog is a rodent that does one thing and it gets into a bowl. And I've learned a lot of that from Brene Brown, who runs her business like that. So they do one thing. That's why I said the fox is chasing all over and the hedgehog is like this and they can't be seen and they have one thing and they do it well and they do it consistently. So I found this lifestyle. I got the training. I'm very medicinally trained and Wigmore, Hippocrates, that's where I am. I'm not hundred percent raw. I don't teach hundred percent raw. I do have systems in place and assessments. So we know when people come to work with us, how much raw they're ready for. I studied under a woman by the name of Karen Noller in the UK, and she works with people who are putting together raw food businesses. And she wrote a book, literally, not figurative, but literally on your food personalities. And it had such an effect on me. Who knew food personalities, you know? But it's like in business, we have strength finders and and discs and all those. So I'm the only person globally certified in this. So we have assessments. So I know exactly what somebody is ready for. Some people come to me and they're 10% raw. 
ready for 10%, some are 30%, some are 50%. And we design everything around the process, which I call the extraordinary living made easy method in accordance to how somebody is created. Just like my children are different. Everybody's different, but the path is through natural healing. Listen, the universe and God gave us everything we need, right? So we have all the plants and I can be grounded in that. We're designed to thrive in nature. And that means, means drinking water that simulates like in the Himalayan mountains. And I use um, no chemicals in my house. None, zero, zero, no chemicals. I'm sure, you know, this is a process and I know. Yeah, people, it's a long process. <laughs> yes, people get very it together, right? Exactly, get overwhelmed with it. And I remember when we spoke earlier, you said that the food part was really the easiest part for the you. Easiest thing you can do. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that because even last night I was at a friend's and she watched a some kind of Netflix special, a documentary on fish, and it was still hard for her to change after seeing something like that. So. People struggle with that part of it. So I'd love to hear. So the reason that I say that food is the easiest thing to incorporate is that there's no behavior modification. We are eating anyway, right? So it's not like going to the gym. So this morning at nine o'clock, um, four, four times a week, I swim laps. So this is me out of the pool, right? <laughs> um but I had seen my trainer that I, that I hadn't seen in several months, okay? That's behavior modification, getting back to the gym and getting back to the pool, right? And I live in a resort, 55 and over resort. So it's all there. I'm swimming inside when it's snowing outside the mountains, right? So I was, I was laughing because with Michael today, he said, oh my gosh, look at you, stranger. Turns out I have eight out of 12 sessions that I paid for a year ago. That's behavior modification. That's harder. But knowing what to eat is the easiest thing we can do. It's all about you or I or any of your listeners or anybody that you come in contact with, your love and your adore, your community, your family. Who wants to feel deprived? That's crazy. So for me, eating is about eating for radiance, which is why our programs are called Radiance Effect. So it's all about that. So when you know this whole array of foods to choose from, then you're bringing things you love in rather than saying, oh my God, I can't, can't eat that. It's about choices. It's about abundance, not deprivation. But it, we're eating anyway. I want everybody to understand this. Everybody says to me, Elaine, I want to be healthy. I love what you do. I want to do it. Listen, I lost 28 pounds when I found this lifestyle. Up until then, I have all the badges, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem. My mother and I did a rye, even did a rye bread diet. Never yeah. heard of that. I know. 26 years ago, we did it. But now, after I met Lisa... I was just trying to live and 28 pounds less, here I am. And I don't even think about my weight anymore. I don't think about it. I, I know what I need to eat and I know how to prepare my environment. And that's really my sweet spot, is really empowering people 
to create the environment so that you always have gas in your car. So you were diagnosed with stage four cancer and you did natural protocol and are now doing phenomenal. So what would you say were the main things that you feel saved your life? Besides the universe. (laughs) So I have actually, I still work on coming to terms with the fact that, that I came out like this, right? I know it's a very unusual result. Um, So I'm putting that over here and I'm just, I'm accepting it. So the, you know, I came home and I looked up and I said, okay, God, I know I'm not going to die. Just tell me what you want me to learn. So every day, everything I did, what do I need to learn? What do I need to learn? What do I need to learn? Because like I said to you, I was the only person who didn't think I was dying. So it just didn't, I never got there. So a couple of things. Number one, the water really, really, really had an impact. I totally believe in that. Oxygenated, hydrogenated water is crucial. In my world, all of my private clients have systems. We set up healthy, holistic homes. So everybody that I work with privately, um, we, we do that with. And in groups as well. And um, I would say that, so I'm a choreographer. I actually have a graduate degree in dance. So I see the end finished, right? I see the lights, the camera, the curtains going up and everything is done. So I see that. I see my, myself as healthy, as active like that. And I am very true to what I believe, I'm very true to my work. I live my work. You know, the, one of the expressions that makes me that I don't identify with is faking, fake it till you make it. Really? Is that what you want to do? You want to live your life? Oh yeah, I'm faking it today because I can't get my, you know, one together, you know? <laughs> I worked with uh, quite a few years ago with Fabian Fredrickson and she said to me, she said, no, you need to talk your walk. You need to talk your walk because everything you do is so second nature to you that you don't even realize it. So that's what I do. I talk my walk, but I live and breathe. Listen, here's my juice. Here's my water. Very into self-care. These flowers here, there are now I would have put flowers in anyway. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I always have flowers in my house. Always. I have three, four, we have four sets of flowers in our house that are on all the time. And even beyond that, even our bathroom sinks have small orchids, you know, so I'm, I'm very entrenched in nature. I'm very entrenched in music. I do a lot of meditation I do a lot of easy self-care. I find that women, um, caring women, caring women are exhausted. Passionate women are exhausted from taking care of everybody else and saving the world, right? One of the first things we do is we bring in some really easy self-care. 
and it makes a difference. And one of the first things I do is have everybody that works with me has flowers all the time. In fact, I bribe them. I love it. Yeah, we everybody starts with hot water with lemon. I'm very in tune because I'm a dancer. I'm very in tune to my body, right? Which is why I felt things early, right? A lot of people don't feel things. They don't respond. And that's when it really gets in trouble because we don't respond to kind of like the whispers our body gives us. And um, But I love music. I have music playing all the time. You can find me singing all the time. I have A-L-E-X-A right here. She's all over the house. You know, whether it's Aaron Copeland or Defying Gravity or a chorus line or Judy Garland or Barbara Streisand, whatever it is, it's around me all the time. So I surround myself intentionally with abundance. I listen to um, an, at least an hour and a half of podcasts every day. I've gotten into um, reading fiction again. These are all the things that are coming up, you know, when you feel. Yes. So I got um, Audible a year ago, January, and I have found authors that I love and I and I listen probably, oh, an hour and a half every day. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you about your juice. So if you could share what you put in it and how much you drink of it. And maybe you drank more when you were first diagnosed but I'd love to hear. Well, you'll find in my bio, it says that I'm a green juice loving grandmother. <laughs> Again, I'm on heavy on alkaline foods, which is I eat very little fruit. Again, med- being medicinally trained. So my juice, and I'm going to say now, please, I'm not a doctor. I'm just somebody who lives this life. So what I say is what I do. So I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm not making anybody any medical advice. But for me, my juice and my training is that it's all green. So my juice is um, the base is cucumbers and, and celery. I don't love celery in my juice, so I don't put it in. But the liquid comes from celery and cucumber. People go, oh my God, Elaine, I could juice for hours and I don't get anything. Well, what are you juicing? Kale. And, yeah, but you'll be getting this fun. <laughs> liquid. And it's go, oh, okay. You know, this is, this is why it's important to have somebody on your journey with you that's done what you want to do. So it's the green and then it's the, the cucumber and the celery for the liquid, for the, most of it. And then I rotate two or three greens, spinach, collards, turnip greens, kale, parsley, dandelion, whatever's there, right? And I rotate two of them in. And then I put in lemon, ginger, and mint. Because let me tell you, everybody, when you put apple in your juice, it's no longer pure green juice. And I do not juice my fruit. I eat my fruit because this goes right into our blood and our cells. No fiber. Right. Exactly. That was my husband coming in. (laughs) I'm not sure what he wants, but he left. (laughs) Um, So I, that's the juice. When I make juice, I make it with 10 cucumbers. 
So that's how I make it for two or three days. Yes, people will say you should have it right. Yes, but I need to have it ready, right? It has to be easy. Otherwise, I'm not doing it and you're not doing it. I agree with that. I put it in glass. Um, The bigger jars are dark. So this is only kind of a half a serving for me. I have about 32 ounces of green juice every day. Okay. And it's what makes my heart sing. It's literally what makes my heart sing. I mean, yes. you're looking, you look great. You're glowing. Your skin's even beautiful. my, even my swim. I'm looking at the, even my swimming hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's gorgeous. I, well, thank you. But that's my juice. That's my juice. And right? did you get the same amount when you were going through cancer? Some days I'll drink more. I very rarely drink less because I love it so much. I love it. And, you know, the interesting thing, you know, Haley, you have a family. I have a family. I'm sure many, many of your listeners in your community have a family. A family. We are a prophet everywhere except our own home. Right? Okay. You can't tell your children what to eat. You can't tell. They learn by what they see. All right? I have two grown children, as you know, right? So, and I have, I'm blessed to have two amazing in-law children. They're all, all intense gym people, juicers, green juice. Yep. And my son and daughter-in-law, Melissa, they live in California, Manhattan Beach. They can get their juice made all the time. And Marlo and David and I, we buy juice when we can. Otherwise we make it, they buy most of theirs. And they're not without it. That's so great. Not without it. And the food, again, you can't tell them. And sometimes they're like, but now all these years, it's mom, okay, I need a consultation. <laughs> That's <laughs> great that they asked. Right. And all their friends have water machines and are eating, drinking juice and are eating right. And so, yeah. Right. A lot of times it's who you surround yourself by. And it changes. It changes. You know that. For sure. It changes. On all sides, it changes. As you evolve and everybody evolves, kind of call it level three conversations, you know, but there's no more drama. I will, I, um, about 49 years ago, uh, 48 and a half years ago, my brother died. He was 36. And he left an 18-month-old who will be 50 beginning of October, and a pregnant wife, right? The moment he took his last breath was the last moment that drama was part of my life. Mm. I just, I'm not there. You can't take me down that road. And yeah, listen, it doesn't mean that I don't, we all have crises and we all have, you know, but um it's important that, that we understand. So here's one of the things that I learned is that my challenge is your classroom and your challenge, your journey. So my journey becomes somebody else's classroom. And somebody else's journey becomes my classroom. And when we understand that, you know, the expression, it takes a village is not a flippant expression. We're all here to do something to share 
And I just really decided um, about six years ago that I was committing my work, what I do to women over 45 so they can create new habits and, and patterns so they can be their best because that legacy is crucial. And when we are sick, when we are not making good decisions because we're so tired and we're, we're experiencing decision fatigue and we're taking care of everybody else, I think that's, that's really copping out. Hmm. I really feel that when we settle for less than we can be, we are really doing uh, disjustice. Right. And people say, you know, feel they're being selfish if they take care of themselves. The opposite. Yes, because you could be there for everyone else so much more. There's another thing with older age, you know, people say, oh, I have all these aches and pains. And of course, that's normal for my age. And, you know, it doesn't have to be. That's supposed to be living proof. Not supposed to be. When we settle, we are selling out because somebody is missing out on what we do when we are our best. And I just made a decision. Maybe it's because I'm a grandmother. Now I have 11 grandchildren. Uh, My husband, Nevin, and I, who was at the door before, (laughs) um, we've been married over 30 years. Um, So it's like we don't share children. We share grandchildren, you know? So, uh, yeah, and listen, our grandchildren are, are growing. We've got grandchildren who have graduated college. We have three grandchildren going into college next year. But it's that that's the legacy. And all the families are stronger because what they see. Um, and, and again, I'm, this is, may sound harsh, but when we settle, we are selling out. And I know your community is heavily women, just as mine is. And I just want to say, all of you amazing, passionate, caring women, that we need you more now than ever before. We have got to collectively be our best. Yes. And support each other, too. Exactly. Because when we feel good, we support each other. We, there's no reason to judge somebody else or put somebody else down when you feel this way. But when you don't feel well, then you you do fall into that trap. So, so that's where my work has taken me. You know, it's that grandmother in me, you know. Right. And so do you work with cancer survivors too or mostly? I have two tracks. Same, same journey but two containers of how people come to me, right? So I do a lot of documentaries and summits and and stuff like that. So when people get a diagnosis, they will Google and then they'll call me or they've seen me in a summit or a conference or interviews or documentaries that have been done before and, and some now. So that's one path, that's one container that people come to me. The other is uh, women who just want to, not just, but but want to feel amazing. They're tired of carrying extra pounds. And like you said, 
we have become so filled with symptoms that are familiar to us that we believe they are a normal part of aging, whether it's extra pounds, whether it's exhaustion, whether it's insomnia, whether it's allergies, whether, you know, whether we're constipated, whatever it is, we have come to believe that they're normal and they are not. And when our body starts to talk to us, we don't listen and we settle because we're so tired that we just revert to the status quo. We are selling out the greater good. And that's a big way of looking at things, but it's just the way I see the world. You know, I'm living in the mountains now and this, this harvest moon, it feels like it's right outside, so close to me, you know, in nature. And But we're designed to thrive in nature. So listen, I grew up, my parents lived on the 17th floor in New York City. I didn't, I didn't always experience this, but when we turn to nature, then we can be grounded in a path that is clear. And that's why it becomes easy. Mm, Yes. You're kind of going with the flow of things. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you have such an amazing attitude and fortitude and all that. Do you, what do you do when things get tough? Well, when things get tough, one of my comfort foods is ruffled potato chips. Now I used to eat a whole bag. Now I can only eat this much. I can have fetal days where now this is like, if it's really bad, you know, but I'll tell you, yeah, I've been known to have fetal days. You know, I'm an adult. I'm in a I've got an adult family and there's a lot of stuff that can go on with family and friends. And so some days I just need to be alone. Some days I'll just, I'll walk in nature. However, I am at a point now that I am so clear about what makes me feel good that if I have something going on, I am sure that I am ready for it with my environment. Um, excuse me, I'm about to go into a three and a half days, three days are 10 hours, a, um, a learning thing, right? And then tonight, actually tonight is three hours and then three 10 hour days. It's exhausting. However, I have made a fresh batch of juice for three days. I have, um, this is being very clear. This is why it becomes so easy. I went to the market, went to the store and got a veggie tray. I have um, a whole thing of organic apples. I checked to be sure that I had raw almond butter. So I, the expression, when you're ready, you don't have to get ready. You know, so I now know that turning to something that feeds me oxygen is the best way for me to get through something. That's such a good lesson. And, you know, preparing is so important because people get overwhelmed and think, oh, I can't do this. It's too hard because they're not prepared. You've got all that stuff in advance. And now when you're in a hurry, you have something to grab. Right. I, this is one of the reasons that I love audible. You know, when I want to be alone, we, you know, like I said, we had moved to, uh, the mountains we're in a, in a um, resort 58 over resort so the mountains are there we have we all have big porches and it, it's new so they're all new homes 
and there it's a California builder. So we're, it's all these craftsman lodgy stuff with California floor plans, which is means we all have and we all have porches and I put a, an English garden out front. So for me, I will go sit on my porch with my water and my juice or a cup of green tea and just listen to a novel for an hour. Mm, sounds great. You have to, have to, because, you know, here's something I, I just really want to say that when something happens to upset us, it usually is because something's going on with some somebody that we care about, right? Very often, right? Otherwise, it really wouldn't, upset, if we didn't care, wouldn't really upset us that much. It would just be, oh, wow, the dishwasher's, you know, needs to be emptied or whatever. The, my great, my long hair is on the floor and I, you know, I don't get upset about that. I just vacuum, right? So, however, when we are really upset about something, no matter what it is, it's because somewhere something caught our, her, our heart, right? Just made us feel bad, right? Because we cared about something. That's why it's so important to know self-care, to know, to know what you need to have around you and to have it always around you. And my mission is really to show women and empower them to have an environment that's always there supporting them. Uh, one of my friends and mentors, Jay Fassett, I heard him say about three years ago, and this became part of my vision, is that with the absence of support and accountability, the environment always wins. Mm-hmm. My mission is to show women how to create an environment that is there to support them, no matter what is going on. You know, that's really what it has to be. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that's just such a good way to end that this segment. And now I wanted to go into random round. If, if okay, you okay? So <clears throat> fill in the blank. Freedom to you is joy. Joy. The last show you binged and loved. The last show I binged and loved was Gracie and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. That's on my list. (laughs) When you're feeling afraid, what do you do? Meditate. If you could have a one-hour discussion with someone past or present, who would it be and why? My mother and father. They had me, two of them, right? Yeah, and they've been gone for, they both died in my arms. I held them both as they died. I did. My son, Seth was with me when my mother died and um, her last breath was kissing him. So I, I would want another hour with them. I had an amazing, an amazing childhood and they taught me so much. They were so filled with wisdom and love. And, and I just, I, I feel, um, even though I have, I'm surrounded with so much love and support, I still don't have anybody to hold my hand when I cross the street. Mm-hmm. Figuratively, not literally. <laughs> Yes. I'd, I'd spend another hour with my parents. And I could see why you're the way you are. They were incredible parents, I could tell. What is your favorite go-to snack? My, my favorite go-to snack, you all can believe it or not. Juice. It's my juice, right? Mm-hmm. It's my juice. 
it's the ultimate thing that I can give myself. And it really is my favorite. It really is my favorite. If you ask me if I was stranded on an, an island with only one thing, it would be juice. Listen to that, people. <laughs> yes. What's one simple thing that brings you joy? One simple thing that brings me joy is my A-L-E-X-A, playing music that's nostalgic for me. Say that again, E-L-X-A. Alexa, you know, like. Well, Alexa, you're selling it so it doesn't go off. I get it. She's saying, how can I help you? (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. I'm a little slow. (laughs) Welcome to my husband's world, right? Yeah, it's really playing music that is nostalgic. Listen, I got a lot of years of nostalgia than a lot of things, you know. So something that a show that brought back going to the theater with my parents, whatever it is, whatever it is, music that that makes me feel good from nostalgia. What's on your nightstand? A nightstand is a diffuser, a beautiful little tray with lion's mane mushroom tincture, serenity, and lavender oils. Then I have a, uh, a green toile tray that has a vase that was my grandmother's, my father's mother's, my father's mother, right? So I have a, a beautiful vase, for a brass antique vase from that, and a picture of myself, a picture of my family, me with my grandchildren. So there's two pictures on there. And then that's what that's what's on there. And um, on my bed are lots of pillows. One of them also has a picture of me and one of my grandchildren. Now the other thing that's always there, that's on my on my nightstand, is my phone. Not to use my phone, but it's how I listen to podcasts and novels and meditations and stuff like that, because I like to go to sleep with guided sleep meditations. But you make sure it's on airplane mode, right? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It is most of the time, actually. And what's your favorite form of exercise? Right now, I'm going to say swimming. I'm really getting back into swimming laps. So this morning I swam 20 minutes of straight laps. On Sunday, I swam 25 minutes of laps. It's because I got there late. I had, we um, reserve an hour, 55 minutes. So I got there late, but swimming, swimming laps is my favorite form of exercise. And what's one thing you're really grateful for in your life right now? How do you take one thing? My health. Because that leads to everything else. I mean, my family and, you know, but my health. Mm. I couldn't agree with you more. It's like, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Right. I didn't have my health. I wouldn't have my family. Right. And finally, how can people learn more about you? Oh, well, my website is renewedlivinginc.com. And my email is elaine at renewedlivinginc.com. And if anybody wanted to uh, chat with me, if they have any concerns or anything that they're, you know, they want to get you know, a little bit of back and forth with, you can go to speakwithelaine.com and get on my schedule and you can see what's going on. Perfect. 
Well, Elaine, I just wanted to thank you so much. It was such a joy to speak with you and you just have such wonderful energy. So I'm just feel grateful to to be surrounded by you today. Yeah. But Haley, I want to, I just can't say it enough. The work that you're doing is so important. I mean, you reach thousands of people all the time and just keep it up. We need you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so will really help this podcast get noticed and will help us to inspire more people. And remember, the sky is the limit when you take your power back when it comes to your health.